0: Welcome to Rainer's Radio, practical training for joint heirs with Christ, with your host, Diane Thomas. Good evening, and welcome to Rainer's Radio. This is Diane Thomas, your host. Let's just take a moment to relax, and anything else that's going on, let it fall by the wayside. Remember that God is with you. He's not against you. He's for you. His purpose is to bring you into wholeness and oneness with him. It's not about catching you doing something wrong or missing out on something. He's on our side. We're on his side. We're already in him. So this is not something where we're trying to attain something or please him even. You've already pleased him. You're, it's already a done deal. It's like you've already got everything you need. You know, you've already, all your needs are already met in your spirit. Not something to consider is you don't have any spiritual needs. All the needs in your spirit have already been met. Our problem is the soul. And everything to meet the needs of your soul is already there in your spirit. Okay, let me repeat that your, your soul has needs for life for approval for love your, your soul has needs the God given needs and since God gave those needs to your soul he alone fills those needs but he's already given you everything you need to fill those needs in your spirit So why don't we have those, why aren't we walking around with our soul's needs met? Because there's a war going on in your soul. The soul is the problem. Your soul has bad habits. Your soul wants to maintain control. And in order to receive life And eternal life and approval and the unconditional love God wants to give us that will meet our needs, our soul will have to give up its rights. Its rights to control. Its right to dictate how that love is given. And your soul, there's one of your main strengths of your soul, all of our soul, is control. It's a, It's an automatic. It's built into our soul to protect us. And God put it there. So it's not that he's critical of it. It's not that we should be critical of it. We should understand. It's sort of like, you know, in your car, you have a gas pedal and you have brakes. If all you ever did was had your foot on, on the gas pedal, that would be dangerous. If you only had your foot on the brake, you're not going to get anywhere. It's knowing how all the different aspects of your car, the steering, everything works together to get you from point A to point B safely. But your soul is stuck, generally speaking, on the brakes. The soul doesn't want to change because staying in your garage is going to be the safest place for you. Never leaving the house is going to be the safest place for you. But your soul, your car, that's not what it's made for. Your soul is to receive the life of God here on this earth. More and more and more as God heals your soul. And then as we learn to overcome these bad habits... More and more we're seeing that it's the it's a two-stage process. God heals us. And as he, he heals us, we then, part of our job, our projects, is to overcome our bad habits and not be trapped in putting it off. Now, some things, you know, and this is where, we, we always go back to asking the Lord, is this an area that has already been healed? Is this an area that you need to heal? Is this an area that you're even working on right now? And a lot of times he'll say, this is not where I want you to be focusing on. I want you to be working on this over here. Because in the healing department, where he's healing our soul, he doesn't need our help. After the fact, we need to learn how to live and move and have our being. It's like if you break your leg badly, and maybe you have to have surgery, but you're in a wheelchair and you have a cast on your leg. After you have that cast removed, your muscles have have atrophied, and you have to relearn how to walk. Well, this is a good analogy of our the process of healing. We've all been wounded. We've all been in that bad car accident where we've hurt our, our leg, our injured our leg or our arm or a part of us. And while we heal, we do everything necessary for it to heal correctly. We stay off of it or we do exercise, whatever is necessary for it to heal correctly. But then once it's healed, we learn or relearn how to use it correctly, how to walk. If we've broken, you know, I broke my wrist when I was young. After I had the cast removed, I had to relearn how to grip properly. So after you're healed and after that cast is removed, we then relearn how our soul functions. And that's hard. Change is hard. And our soul resists it. And very often, you know, we've all been wounded. We've all been rejected. There's two kinds of people in the world, those that have been rejected and those that have been rejected more. So if you've been rejected, welcome to the human race. This is part of our existence. Is we We have all been rejected. Now, Whatever level of rejection and woundedness you've experienced, don't bother c- comparing it to someone else. There's always going to be someone who's been wounded and rejected more, and there's going to be someone who hasn't been wounded and, re- and rejected as much as you have. So there's always, if, say, you're, there's going to be someone worse off and someone better off. Doesn't matter. Because whatever your level of woundedness, whatever your level of rejectedness, for you, it's a 10 on a scale of 10. So that's all that matters. It's not about who has it worse off. You know, oh, oh, but for the grace of God go I. No, this is that's their path. You have your path and your process that God has you on. And that's what matters to you. So let God deal with them and whether they're worse off or better off, doesn't matter. Let God deal with them. Let God deal with you. And accept, okay, I've been wounded, I've been rejected, it's caused bad habits in my life, in my soul. Now God has come along and let's say he's, you know, um healed, you know, a, a huge wound in your life that you're afraid of relationships, for instance. And let's, you know, say he healed those 10 years ago. But the fear is still there. The pain is still there. The bad habits, I'm never going to get in another relationship, for instance. Those are still there. Because those are not the wound itself. It's the bad habits our soul has fashioned around the wound to protect it. It's like that cast. It's like the band-aid. But now God is saying, no, you're healed here. You have to relearn how to have relationships. So that's where we go, okay, Lord, how do I do that? Is, what is it that I'm now believing about myself, about God, about others, about my history? What beliefs do I need to change? Am I willing to be hurt again? What is the value of relationships? And we start looking at what God wants to deal with us about that wound so we cannot just be healed in the wound, but that there are, that there are no side effects. There are no scar, there's no scarring. There's nothing keeping us back from be, receiving the full eternal life that he wants in that area in our soul. Because again, what's the final goal? That we would be whole, entire, complete, spirit, soul, and body. We're not going to bring in, you know, any lies. We're not going to believe any regrets or hesitations. We want to use every moment we're here on this earth to embrace the opportunity that God gives us each and every day. know we're called overcomers what is it we're overcoming it's not out there it's not overcoming you know the the government it's not overcoming your boss it's not overcoming anything out there it's overcoming the obstacles in your soul so then God arranges all these circumstances in their lives so we can learn how to overcome those obstacles expose the areas where you are still trying to maintain control and resist healing. For instance, in in our relationship situation, you may encounter a situation where where you experience jealousy or attraction or, you know, anger. These things come up when you think about, okay, whether you see somebody else in a good relationship, for instance. And it, this is, can be any kind of relationship, parent-child, you know, man-woman, um, anything, boss, employee, any kind of relationship. And you've just really been turned off. I'm never going to, you know, enter uh, into, you know, a, a respectful, um, trusting. I'm never going to trust again. And when we start seeing, okay, this is, this is preventing me from learning how to live and receive life in that area. So very often he then starts exposing us to what his intent for a relationship looks like. Or maybe even the opposite. But he's, he's, he keeps poking in that area. And we keep going back to him, and we say, okay, is there anything here? And this is the thing, is when we have a a strong reaction, that's a good sign to an event, something somebody says, to our circumstances, that's a good indication that there's still healing going on. Or that we need to hear about from God about an area where we, where we are holding on to that wound to protect us, to control ourselves, to control others. You know, if we make, if we give ourselves a mantra, a mandate, like I'm never going to trust anyone again, we can make that a ruler in our lives. We can let that mantra, I'm never going to trust again, control our lives. And guess what? God's not going to let anything else control your life. So he's going to put you in situations. We will continue a bad habit as long as it lasts, as long as it works. So guess what? He makes it. He puts it in situations where it doesn't work. For instance, you don't trust anybody. He's going to let that loneliness, that that separateness, be so real to you. Maybe nothing has even changed in your circumstances, but all of a sudden you start seeing how empty your life is. And you go, okay, uh, you know, what can I do? I'm willing to change. What can I do to change this? Take a risk. You know, we are, what do I need to overcome? My fear of being hurt. Uh, I need to change in this area. I need to change in that area. That's exactly what we're here for. Because it's through that process where we, you know, we regain trust in God. We, reach, we regain trust in our own spirit and we experience, you know, God proves himself. He proves that he loves us. He proves that he's trustworthy by putting us in situations where we end up trusting him, where we end up receiving his love. And there's a a real simplicity to it. It's not all that complicated we make it complicated our soul does why to maintain control this is why you know so often we get caught up in doctrine and in you know trying you know um trying to get so introspective or caught up in good works or what is you know what is my purpose when it's really all the simplicity your purpose is relationship with christ and he expresses that by bringing you into wholeness prayer for us was that was that we would be one as he and the father were one that's there's the simplicity there it's all about you now in that part of that process could be that you turn your world upside down But it's not for the sake of the world. He doesn't need your help to change the world. He doesn't need your help to evangelize. But there may be something that the only way he can change a belief you have, a misbelief you have, is for you to share the love of Christ with someone. And so he puts you in a situation where that's what you need to do, is share the love of Christ. And again, the the easiest way to evangelize is just to ask, I don't know whether you believe if God is real or not, but would you be willing to just, if he revealed himself, is that okay with you? And that's it. That's evangelism. Introducing people to God. And for us, that's the simplicity God, God is big enough to take care of each one of us individually, to arrange every circumstance in our lives individually. And he doesn't need our help with that. So there's plenty of, uh, for us to do to take up our time while we're here on this earth without trying to fill our lives with a lot of duty, a lot of things we should be doing as Christians and when you when you stop and think about the hundreds, there are hundreds of different denominations in the United States alone. Probably in the world, far more than that. But they differ in minutia, in a little bit here, a little bit there. Even the nature of God, you know, the the role of the devil, you know, what heaven and hell, you know, all these. There's quite a variety of different things. But none of those, for so many of us, they're just a distraction. Denominations and doctrines and sometimes even just church. You know, our concept of church is about a building very often, not always. But what does what is a church? The ecclesia, the called out. Called out from what is the norm, what your old life used to be. Come out from among what you used to be. Let your soul return to the way God created it. Your soul is meant to be fully one with your spirit. It's you know, I hate to use this example, but it's like if a dog has gotten lost you know, you lose your your dog, and he's on his own for you know months, you know, trying to uh, survive by eating out of garbage cans and maybe getting chased off by some wild animals or another dog or and people just yelling at it to to you know get out of the yard and fending for itself. And it's finally relocated. Somebody fa- finally catches it has a microchip, and you're reunited. Well, that dog has been changed. That's not the same dog that got lost. That dog has has learned to protect itself. And so it might have, and is very likely, picked up some bad habits, like scarfing food and maybe snapping, you know, trying to bite you. Bad habits. So we're patient and we understand that and we help it to reacclimate to return to a, a good part of the family, where it doesn't have to be afraid of getting its needs met, of, of when is its next meal going to be. And it can return to that relaxed dog that you used to have before it was lost. Well, that's like our soul. Our soul has been lost. Our soul was separated from the life of God. We were born that way. So you and I have never, on this earth here, in this, in this time frame, in this you, you know human worth, world we're living in, our soul, your soul, has never had all its needs met. So unlike the dog analogy, your soul has never been at home. It's always been lost. My soul has never known what it's like to be fully loved, even though that love is there now. But now that, now I've been restored back to that loving place, my home, but now I have to relearn how to be loved. So your soul is learning how to return to what it was created for. To be unconditionally loved, unconditionally accepted, and unconditionally valued as a unique and significant person. And we're just just having to learn it. And God draws us by his goodness. He doesn't yell at us. He doesn't punish us. He doesn't criticize us for being fearful, or being touchy, or being angry. He understands that our soul has lost its way. Our soul was lost. You know, once, once I was lost, now I'm found. But that being found is we are home with Christ, with God, with our spirit. Our soul is being returned to our spirit. And that's the end result. That's what we're looking for. Where the fullness of the love of God is already fully in your spirit. The end result will be that your soul is fully integrated into your spirit and receiving, it has all its needs met. And through that body as well, all your bodily needs are met. so spirit soul and body becoming one complete and entire and whole in Christ now i don't know whether that means you know there's a some you know we talk about transfiguration and trans you know being able to not eat that kind of thing because all the needs of the physical i don't know about that that's all i've sometimes been curious about that if our body even needs to consume food. I assume so, but, you know, if all our needs are met, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, Sometimes just curious about things like that. Um, But the thing is, is that it's part of the process where we can just go, what is our – what are we working on now? And we can ask God, okay, is this – you know, what is it that you're struggling with? What are your wounds? What are you, where are you feeling rejected? What are you avoiding? That's always a good one. What are you avoiding? That's always a good signal. And sometimes when, when God puts us in a situation and we experience an owie, you know, oh, ah. You know, this is I've been trying to avoid this or we react the same old way we have always reacted. These are just good opportunities to go back to God and say, is this a wound that needs to be healed or is this a habit that needs to be changed? And then we start okay, going, Okay, I I accept that this habit needs to change. What's the best way to do this war? Now it's going to vary it's going to be dependent on what the situation is, what the wound was, what your, you know, for instance, you may have to give up some of your beliefs. Let's, you know, use the example we've been using about what it means to be a good Christian. You know, you may have been raised that, you know, here's, do these three things and you'll make God happy. You know, go to church, you know, give money and, you know, attend a you know, do something for your community. That's those three things, and then you'll be a good Christian, and God will love you, and you'll get into heaven. Well, God may start putting His finger on those things, and the people you help in the, for instance, in the community, you might have a bad experience there, and then you may go, okay, well, they're not grateful. I guess that doesn't, you know, um, I didn't do. Meet that requirement, or I don't like these people. So why am I doing, you know, this community service when I re- actually resent them? You, and you just never know what's going to come out. And you start seeing that God is release, you know, taking His hand out from underneath your support system. He's letting those bad habits fail, and rather than focusing on the bad habit, we go, okay, Lord. What is your truth? That the, And the truth is, is that he may want you to completely withdraw from all those and just spend time with him. Because your idea about what it is that pleases him may be completely wrong. And you're willing to give that up. Because what's important is that you receive the life in that area, and as you do that, your bad habits will just fall. And very often he exchanges one thing for another. As he heals us in an area, for instance, if we're, we have to relearn, we take the cast off, we have to learn how to walk again, he gives us a new desire in our heart, and that's to you know, uh, run a marathon. And so we're going to have to learn, relearn how to walk and run and train, and that's how he does it. So at the same time, we're looking at, you know, what is going on in your life? What wound is he healing? Is there any touchy spot? Also, at the same time, be thinking, what are the desires in my heart? What, are, what is the, the, the pull? The new idea that he's given. Very often they will go hand in hand because he's, you know, he, he's multitasking in us. He's doing, he's both healing us and revealing our bad habits. At the same time, He, it's the goodness of God that draws us. But it is all about your soul. It is all about God. He is so invested in your wholeness. That's why he sent his son, so that you would be whole. And the only way that could happen was if all your sins were forgiven. So he did that. So now it's just a matter of time. And, again, don't know what's going to happen in this earth, this world zone, this time zone, or what comes next. The end goal is that we would be complete and entire. So, you know, maybe on a regular basis, on a monthly basis, on a weekly basis, daily basis might be too much, but be writing down what's really annoying me right now. What what wounds am I most aware of? And are there new desires, new ideas, something that God is, his goodness is drawing you? And document them. When we write things down, there's part of, that's where we start getting, getting into the physical connection, the body connection to what we're doing. When we write things down, it affects our brain and it becomes real. So we connect our physical body with what we desire to be happening in our soul. And that's for a whole other teaching, the connection between the, the physical, the brain especially, and the mind. You know, there's a, two different things. Your brain and your mind are two different things. Your heart and your emotions are two different things. And we have um, uh, reactions and our will are two different things. So we'll get into that some other time, though. So hopefully this has been encouraging. But simple homework, please do it. Drop me a line at org with any questions or your results. I'm always glad to hear from you. We'll be getting back together again same time next week. Until then, thanks for tuning in. This has been Diane Thomas of Rainers Radio. Have a great night.